you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home and now move the sticks 10 takeaways from week six with daniel jeremiah bucky brooks and rhett lewis Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the six little takeaway podcast got the boys together here rhett buck what's going on not too much, oh. man. Great weekend. Great weekend. Oh, yeah. Great football weekend. Oh, yeah. No, it was big. This is a big one. I got to go back on campus this week. Got to get back to Bloomington, which was okay, fun. So did, did you get a Did you get a oh, W? Nice. We absolutely got a W. Shut out Rutgers. Oh, that's that's why. That's we why, shut, we that's shut why out before the show you talk about talking about the quarterback with one yard, yeah, one, one passing one yard. One passing yard. That's how good our defense is. <laughs> Great right. defense by the Hoosiers. Great defense. So, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Sunday, had a little game day live, getting ready for the aftermath later today. We're ready to roll, man. Man. Look at you. Well, we're ready to roll. Let's, well, let's not waste any time here. We got our takeaways. Uh, let's jump right in. I'll uh, lead us off here. My first takeaway, Deshaun Watson, MVP candidate. Check. Tenth play of the drive. Second and six at the 11. Watson throws right side. Got a man at the five to the pylon. Duke Johnson and touchdown. Wow, this is a uh, performance whoa, for Deshaun Watson. Whoa, whoa, the numbers whoa, whoa. might not blow you away. Yeah, hold on. Hold what? on. You are absolutely you a got? week late to this conversation with this Cut. takeaway. Can we just, can we replay the, what? the <laughs> last week's takeaway from last week? Okay. This has been there, done that. We know this. Come on, man. But to be an MVP, you have to have signature moments. <laughs> okay. All right. Beating mm. the, beating the, the crappy Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> that didn't do it for you? Does not constitute a signature moment. <laughs> Going on the road and beating the reigning MVP. That is a signature I agree. for Deshaun I agree. Watson. And what I was getting to is, well, the, you're going to see better stat lines from him in other games. In this game, 30 for 42, 280, a touchdown, two picks. When you watch the tape, he played even much better than that. There was We were talking about three yeah. or four should have been touchdowns that were dropped, even one by Hopkins, who yeah. he never Will dropped. Will Fuller dropped three, yes. um, no so doubt. Oh, he played even better than that. So, and to me, Buck, we talk about this every week, but that Laramie Tunsil trade, for two dudes, you know, two picks in the 20s is what it's going to turn out to be. 
all day long you do that trade. He has not seen pockets like this in a long time. Back-to-back weeks, no sacks for Deshaun Watson. I believe the first time in his career that's taken place. Hey, look, man, we talk about players over picks, and the Houston Texans with Bill O'Brien basically calling the shots have opted to get players instead of worrying about draft picks, and it's really worked out for them because not only did they pick up Laramie Tunsil, but how about Carlos Hyde, who they picked up? Carlos Hyde gives them 100 yards on 26 carries. Now we're seeing the balance that you need to see to be a successful offense in the National Football League, and what was really most impressive to me about Deshaun Watson's performance, I didn't think he played necessarily his best game, but Coming off the heels of having a conversation that we had last week with Dabo Swinney, where he talked about Deshaun and the intangibles and special and bouncing back and how he's a responder. Mm -hmm. The fact that he had two interceptions and the way that he responded to those negative plays, I think that is the thing that separates him from some of the quarterbacks in the league. And it's one of the reasons why we talk about Pat Mahomes being the gold standard for young quarterbacks. You have to include Deshaun Watson in that conversation. No question. And I think uh, Bill O'Brien, the GM, has been propping up and supporting Bill O'Brien, the coach. I mean, you, not just Carlos Hyde, but Duke Johnson as well came over this yes. offseason and has played pretty well, especially in this last game against the Chiefs. And, and uh, we talk about it for quarterbacks all the time. When the team around you isn't at their best, what can you do to put them on your back and will them to victory and bring them to victory? And, uh, you know, that's where Deshaun Watson comes in, whereas the other team in Texas – you know, there, there's sometimes an issue. We talk about that. Yes. Like when everyone, things are falling apart, you know, can Dak Prescott put the Cowboys on his back and do that? Uh, Deshaun Watson's been doing that for the Texans. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you, DJ. He is absolutely an MVP candidate. I mean, absolutely MVP and candidate. you look at this team, Buck, you look at this team, right? Let's go to flip over to the other side with the Kansas City Chiefs. The formula exists. It's out there now. Mm-hmm. You have to just survive the early punches you're going to take. And that means, look, your defense is going to give up points in the first half. Everybody gives up points in the first half of this Kansas City Chiefs team. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little bit low-scoring game there with the Colts. But if you can survive those punches, your offense can score enough to keep you in the ball game. Your run game will wear this defense out in the second half. And we've seen that now Every in both their losses here. They've got the ball run down their throats. You can't run, though, when the score's so lopsided, so you need your offense to keep you in the game, and that's exactly what happened with the Texans in that huge second quarter. Two notes on that one. Time of possession, huge number in this game. 40 minutes for the Texans, just 20 minutes for the Chiefs. Big problem. And in the last two weeks, Buck, in the second half, the Chiefs have a combined 35 plays in the second half of the last two games, whereas their opponents are up over 75 plays. Well, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a big problem. And part of the problem is Andy Reid refuses to play what we call complimentary ball. He doesn't use his offense to spell his defense. And so because they're always kind of going after it, because they kind of keep their foot on the gas and they're pushing the pace, when they do get into a bit of a lull, it really makes them makes it hard for their defense to sustain itself because they just can't weather the storm with so many plays in the second half. And I know DJ's a big UFC fan, but to me, the Kansas City Chiefs are Conor McGregor. Uh. You have to weather the first and second round, but if you get them in rounds three, four, and five, you can make them tap out. And I think teams are beginning to realize, hey, survive the onslaught, find a way to keep it close, stick with a balanced attack where you can run it out continue to get and accumulate those plays, and we'll see them fall apart in the fourth quarter. How do you get the Pat Mahomes ISO sideline shots on the broadcast when you're playing the Chiefs? That's how you win. (laughs) Because they were showing him just sitting there, kind of biting his lip, just like kind of shaking his head, standing on the sideline. That's how you win the game. It is absolutely how you win the game against them. There you go. All right, Buck. What's next, Buck? Seattle battles back. A second down and 14 with the ball at the 16. Russ has slots to both sides. Now Disley wings on the left. Russ takes the shotgun snap. Work steps up. Got running room. 15, 10, 5. He's going to go in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Hey, look, man, I, I know you guys are over there waxing poetic about Deshaun Watson being an MVP <laughs> candidate, but no, Russell right. Wilson <laughs> deserves to be in that conversation as well. Terrific game. No, he is the, the conversation. I mean, like, ter- terrific game against the Browns. 23 of 33, 295 passing, two pass touchdowns, passer rating of 117, which is right where he is during the regular season. And it's just the way that he is able to always keep this team in the game. They were down 20 to 6 early in the second quarter. And then they find a way to kind of put themselves back in the mix. And it's really because Russell Wilson makes the plays that are there to be made when you need him. He never loses his poise, never loses his cool. And because they still run the ball, they're able to find ways to kind of control the game and get it back on their terms. 
Yeah, I think you look for moments a look lot at of times. This team and yeah, Rhett, go, go, go how ahead. About, how about this, real quick, real quick. Last year, you know, it was bizarre to me. 16 games last year, Russell Wilson, no rushing touchdowns. So <laughs> not only he's he's throwing a bunch of touchdowns, he's got three on the ground already this year. So we're seeing that back in the mix. He's healthy. That makes a huge difference. Um, he's not turning the ball over. He's he's making big plays with his arm. He's scoring with his legs. I mean, look, I, I, I want to give Watson a little love and put him in the MVP discussion, but there really is no debate at this point in time, Buck. I mean, it, this, Russell Wilson's MVP of the league through six weeks. I don't think that's debatable, Rhett. I, look, I think Christian McCaffrey's in that conversation, you know, with what he's been asked to do in Carolina and has risen to that that challenge each and every week uh, for the Panthers. But uh, I'm with you on Russell Wilson. I just I think of the moments, you know, the MVP like moments are there. There are so many of them for Russell Wilson. I think mm-hmm. of the first touchdown to Jerron Brown. It's a it's a red zone play from Seattle and he's throwing to the right side of the end zone and he gets absolutely clobbered in the midsection just as he releases that ball and it still finds its perfect home over the shoulder of Jerron Brown for a score. I mean, those are the moments that make you think, all right, there's your MVP right there. And he's got plenty of them. I mean, he does have a a number of moments. And I just think like it's what's interesting about the Seattle Seahawks. They are the only team in the National Football League that is running like 50% of the time. And then you have a quarterback that is able to do what he's able to do. And I think he is the epitome of what a franchise quarterback should be. Not that you get a quarterback to use him each and every week to carry the team. But if you need to, you can lean on him. And because they're able to kind of run the ball, we saw Carson have over 120 yards in this game run the ball, and then lean on Russell Wilson to make these plays in the passing game. The Seattle Seahawks offense is balanced enough to give opponents problems. All right, I'll get us to uh, number eight on the takeaway list here. Or I guess it's number three if we're going uh, the right way. Uh, One, two, three here. It's uh, Philly. Needs some Jalen Ramsey, I think. Indiana, real big on math. (laughs) First and ten Vikings from their own 38. Cousins from under center. Straight drop. It's another deep shot. Diggs, center of the field. Caught it on the run. 16-3, yeah, oh, sorry about that, man. I was just—I was counting down. I was going ten to one. You know what I mean? So uh, here, the, the third takeaway—it's Philly needs something. They need something extra on that defense. They allowed nine explosive plays to a Minnesota Vikings offense. Look, I know they came a little bit. They came back to life a little bit the week before, but. This is an this is an offense we've seen shut down before in the past game, and, and look, we, we know Philly can rush the passer. We saw that a week ago, even though it was against the Jets with the ten sacks. That's the only game they've done yeah, it. Yeah, Avante Maddox out, Darby out. I get they're missing some guys, uh, but you, you need you need to supplant the, support that that defensive backfield here. You can't have Stefan Diggs, and as you tweeted, DJ, you can't have Diggs and Thielen both running free <laughs> in the secondary. Uh, something's got to change Naked. there, right? Something's got to change. I mean, the nine explosive plays in the past game, you can't win that way when you're giving that, that kind of stuff up. No, I mean, it just makes it, it, makes it hard because the way that they want to play, um, I'm sure Swartz would like to dial up some more pressure and be able to yeah. get after him and to play a little more man-to-man, but they can't do it with the people that they have. And so Jalen Ramsey would give them an elite big-time corner to put on the island, and he would give them the flexibility to really attack in a variety of ways. And when you look at the landscape of the NFC, Every team has a dominant player. You yeah. think about the New Orleans Saints. They have Michael Thomas on the outside. Right. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, they won't be in it, but Julio Jones. Right. You have to build your team to really thwart the teams that you have to face, and so you got to have somebody that can be in a race on the perimeter. DJ, I want to ask you two questions, okay? Uh, and by the way, I'll yep. give you this. And Malcolm Jenkins said the last two weeks are a sign that the defense is still working to get a sense of itself this season. All right. Week six in the books, week seven, we got to start figuring out what you are as a defense. But here are the two questions. If you're really going to think about making that kind of move, is your offense Super Bowl caliber? Is Philly's offense Super Bowl? No, I think their offense is Super Bowl caliber. Does Ramsey or a high-level cornerback of that ilk make your defense a Super Bowl defense? Is that the one piece? Well, I'll answer this in two ways. I'll answer this in two ways. Number one, um, that would put them right, right there as a Super Bowl caliber defense. The thing I will say on that, number one, if Jalen Ramsey, this is just my opinion, if Jalen Ramsey were available, he would already be already a Philadelphia Eagles. Because I think Howie Rosen would stop at nothing to get that done. And the fact he hasn't been traded, it tells me that Tom Coughlin ain't trading him. Um, that's That <laughs> puts the Ramsey okay. thing. Now, maybe by the time this comes out, they'll change right, their mind and right. it'll get done. But I, in my opinion, if he was available, Howie would have figured out a way to get it done. 
The second thing is, you talk about their pass rush, Rhett. Yeah. yeah Ten sacks against the Jets is great. <laughs> right. In their five other games, they've had four total sacks. I know. I know. They can't rush the passer unless they're playing Luke Falk in a cruddy Jets offensive line. They cannot get after the passer. Their edge well, rush is non-existent. Yeah. And it, well, Derek Barnett is disappointing. Um, mm. You know, Brandon Graham's a good player. He got their sack in this game. Um, but Fletcher Cox hasn't dominated the way we would no. normally see Fletcher Cox dominate. Now, he, he thought he'd be a little bit rusty, not playing uh, much there in the preseason. Yeah. But they need somebody else to step up and, and compliment Brandon Graham. And, and let's throw out the Jets game because that wasn't, you know, that was that was the aberration when you look at this se- season, Buck. And when you, when you are struggling the back end, you're beat up at corner. Um, you're not good back there, and you can't heat up a quarterback, and you've got weapons like Minnesota, this is what happens. Right. I mean, you got to be good at something. You have to be good at some aspect. You either have to have a pass rush or you have to be able to be great in coverage. And right now they're not doing either aspect very, very well. And so if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm just forced. I'm, I'm looking at my team, and I'm trying to figure out how can I improve us without an outsider coming in. And I just don't know. I don't know what he can put yeah. on the blackboard maybe to it's, make it happen. Maybe it's get the secondary healthy and go get yourself a pass rusher. Instead of go get a corner, maybe they got they, they have to figure it out because yeah. the that's league why, is that's why to me to more I know man. Leonard Leonard Williams would be interesting there. Just try and try and get Ooh. somebody else to compliment Fletcher Cox inside. You know, I I would I wouldn't rule that one out. Okay, are you ready to keep rolling? Let's do it. Speaking of the Jets, they sure look terrible against the Eagles, but uh, they showed us something this week, and they showed me one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's a Wonderful Life, and this time it's starring Sam Darnold as George Bailey. Sam Darnold under center. Jets at their own eight-yard line. They've got the ball back with a first down. Le'Veon Bell below setback. Slot left. Crowder in the slot. Robbie Anderson wide right. Play clock at five. Darnold, play action. Drops the throw. Steps up. Puts a bomb up the right seam. Looking for Anderson. He's got it. At the 50. At the 40. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. 10. That right there, what you heard, is called cheering. Uh, Jets fans <laughs> not get much opportunity to do that so far this season. The reason I say it's a wonderful life, the Jets as an organization, as an offense, as a team, got to see what life looks like without Sam Darnold. And guys, it was not pretty. Mm. Um, and now you get a chance to put Sam Darnold and plug him in, and it speaks to the importance of the quarterback position. And we, we debate this all the time, you know, like it's a complete team. Do you want a great quarterback? Well, that, that was a great example of how a quarterback can cover up some of the other areas you have. His pocket movement was outstanding. Uh, his ability to throw off platform was outstanding. And just to keep with a wonderful life theme, Buck, um, every time Sam Darnold completes a pass off platform, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, way to go. But I look, I can say this. I think what he was able to show is what you look for in a franchise quarterback. Franchise quarterbacks give the entire organization hope. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold runs onto the field, and they were optimistic that they could win the game because they saw his talent compared to Luke Falk's talent and everyone else's talent in that quarterback room. And then to see them score points and score 21 points in the first half, he is now even more emboldened as a franchise quarterback because everyone in the building knows that we have a guy, and that changes the way people play. And so the Jets played inspired ball. They played better ball from on offense, defense, and special teams. And I think a lot of that had to do with Sam Donald, number 14, being in the huddle. First 300-yard game he's thrown where they've actually won. Uh, which is, you know, an important note here. Lev Bell was a little bit better on the ground as well with Darnold in there, about a yard, uh, additional yard per carry. Uh, so what are they what are they capable of then, DJ, going forward with Sam Darnold? If you're talking about, you know, this year in 2019, I know the, the offensive line is still problematic. Well, let, let's just look at a couple things here. Um, they've got the Patriots. I believe that's a Monday night game. Okay. And I think everybody's going to be dismissive and think they have no shot in this game. I, I wouldn't rule that out. Monday night, you get, you know, you get some, uh, some energy in that stadium. I think they'll be competitive. But let's just say they lose that game, right? They're one and five. Yep. But now look at this stretch here. At Jacksonville, two and five. At, at Dolphins, Miami. three and five. Giants, potentially four and five. Redskins, they could be five and five. They could be at 500 at the, at the 10 games. Mark very 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 reasonable when you look at yeah. the schedule and then you get the you know Bengals and Dolphins and then, again they still, yeah they still have the Bengals and Dolphins yeah uh, and then there's some tough ones to finish up with the Ravens the Steelers and the Bills no, but uh, I think the they could be weeks, a seven yeah. eight win team yeah a- after starting zero and four that's not that's not bad no it'd be a heck of an improvement for sure all right where are we at next hey man, we're gonna talk about quarterbacks go ahead Buck how about this Lamar Jackson is the complete package second down and six Pistol formation. Ingram is the back. 
Jackson will keep it off the fake. Left side, 15, 10, 5. Jackson taken down at the one-yard line, just shy of the pylon. No, no. they keep the touchdown. <laughs> he got in, hitting the pylon. You know, DJ, a, a lot of the conversation with Lamar Jackson coming out is could you get him to utilize all the best the best aspects of his game in the National Football League? Can he be a guy that is a competent passer and a dominant runner? And what we're seeing the Baltimore Ravens have kind of found a little secret sauce to un, un, unlock all of those skills and all those aspects in Lamar Jackson's game. Look, this is a guy that is the first player in NFL history to have 150-plus rushing yards and 200-plus passing yards in a single regular season game. You talk about a guy being able to really impact the game. What Lamar Jackson did is basically what we typically see on Friday nights in high school games. The quarterback is the best guy on the field. <laughs> he runs around. He makes all the plays, and he does everything. Lamar Jackson is just doing it on a bigger and brighter stage in the National Football League. And that's one of my questions on the aftermath today is, is Lamar Jackson running the football for the Ravens from the quarterback spot the most difficult thing to stop in football? I mean, I think it has to be because you just can't account for it. Uh, Everyone knows that he's the guy that has to. Even run if it. it's not the, even if it's something that may not be sustainable, if you're talking about taking those kind of hits, Deej. No, I, look, I think it's, I think it's something that you just don't prepare for. I mean, it's, it's, it's very challenging. This is what I'll say though. This was a, an unbelievable effort, but when you look at his big games this year, Dolphins, Cardinals, Bengals. I, I'm trying to count. Yeah, the Cardinals have ended up playing a little bit better at this point in time. Yeah. But those aren't great teams. You beat the Steelers. They're not a great team. These next two weeks, the Seahawks and the Patriots, I want to see how this offense functions against that type of defense they're going to see the next couple of weeks. That, yep. to me, is going to be a great uh, I, I foreteller of the future of this offense and what you can do. So let, let's – I mean, I, I tip your cap unbelievable – what yeah. he did oh, but I, I was think, incredible. But I think I, before I buy in, Buck, I want to see him do it against two good teams coming up. I think that's a I think that's a really good point. I think this weekend's matchup against the Seattle Seahawks would be a great one because Pete Carroll's teams have historically struggled against mobile quarterbacks going all the way back to his days at SC. So it'll be interesting to see how he approaches the defensive game plan and trying to defend number eight. And then with the New England Patriots, look, the Baltimore Ravens always match up well with them. It should be a great game. But you're right. In two weeks, we'll get a chance to really see how far Lamar Jackson has come in his second year as a starter. All right, I'll keep us moving here, guys. And uh, it's another quarterback topic here. I think we might be looking at Mariota's last stand in Nashville. Three to the right, two to the left on this third and nine. Chuck and snap, five-man pressure. Mariota looking for a place to go down. He throws the ball. The ball will be intercepted by Justin Simmons. Intercepted by Simmons. He undercut the throw intended for Darius Jennings. Mariota scrambling, climbing up in the pocket, just threw the ball up to the middle of the field, and Justin Simmons' second interception in two games. So look, you're in your fifth year, <laughs> your fifth year option as the number two overall pick in the 2014 draft, right? Mm -hmm. You're in your fifth year, and there's been virtually zero talk about a contract extension mm -hmm. throughout your first five years as the franchise quarterback in Nashville. And now into that fifth year, you are benched in the third quarter of a week six loss to a two and four or coming into the game, a one and four Broncos team. It's not a good look. And that signals end times for Marcus Mariota in Nashville. And, I mean, even before the season started, there was some question, is it possible that Mariota's not even the best quarterback on this roster anymore after they mm -hmm. traded for Ryan Tannehill, who did come in in the third quarter. They also threw an interception, but <laughs> he moved the ball a little bit. Uh, so this was a career low in passer rating and in yards per attempt at just 3.5 yards per attempt for Mariota. He's got 10 starts since the beginning of 2018 where he's thrown for fewer than 200 passing yards. That's the second fewest in the league. The Titans, with him at the helm, have scored seven or fewer points on offense in three of the last four games. Wow. Look, it's just the numbers keep stacking up. And while he doesn't turn the ball over as much as yeah. his draft classmate, Jameis Winston, he does not make the explosive plays either. And I hate it because nobody stands up there and takes it better than Marcus Mariota. He's the, the picture of everything you want off the field from a franchise quarterback. Um, I, I think Nashville was was lucky to have a guy like that for a while. And I, I just don't know that, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't even want to say that I don't know. It's just, he's not the answer in Nashville anymore. That's just the way it is. OVA. Over. It's over. 
it's over. It's done. They tried it. They tried to do the experiment. Mike Vrabel went as long as he could with Marcus Mariota. They tried to support him. They gave him everything they could possibly give him. They added weapons. They got a beefy offensive line. They got a running game. They've changed coordinators. And it's all produced the same result. Yeah. Marcus Mariota, for whatever reason, it's not working in Nashville. And some of the concerns that we had about Marcus Mariota when he was coming out of Oregon in terms of his anticipation, his touch, his timing, his ability to kind of live in a chaotic pocket, it shows up. And so he doesn't turn the ball over to his credit. So we can't ding on him the same yeah. way we would ding on Jameis Winston. Right. But he and Jameis are one and the same in terms of for whatever reason, it's just not, it is not, it's working, not working with them. And they're going to have to move on and go somewhere else. I just uh, – I'm tweeting this out right now. We were talking about this a little bit earlier uh, with Rhett. But, Buck, the best way to kind of describe him and Jameis Winston, and it's the launch of basketball season, Marcus Mariota misses too many layups, and Jameis Winston attempts too many threes. <laughs> I mean, that is literally – that summarizes both those players. That, that, that is what it is. <laughs> I mean – And they haven't been able to shake that. That's yeah. exactly who they've been throughout their career, and it's just not changing. No, it's not changing. You are who you are. And so uh, I don't know if there's an offensive coordinator or a team that could fit uh, both guys. Right now we're talking about Marcus Mariota. I don't, I don't know. I know there are so many people that really liked the guy when he was coming out, meaning they liked the personality, they liked the intelligence, they liked the qualities. No question. But for whatever reason, on the field, he hasn't been a dominant player. And so I don't know. Like, He's it, a great it, kid. It, yeah. You root it, for him. That's, that's what I'm saying. Happen. That's why it's, it, it – feels you know, it doesn't feel good to say that you know and then I mean Jameis will probably continue on as a starter in Tampa because there's there's nobody you know really behind him that's a true threat to be a starter for the rest of the season whereas Tannehill's been there and done that before so I could see you know I could see we go the rest of the season and and if not for injury we don't see Mariota again and yeah. Mike Vrabel's going to make that decision yeah, I, tonight by you. the way yeah Okay. The interesting thing is these guys, like we talk about coaching trees real quick here, just a button yeah. on the Mariota thing, coaching trees. Sometimes there's like, there's a quarterback almost comparison tree. And I feel like at the top of the tree is, is this tree, particular tree is Alex Smith. And then underneath it, you actually had Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota. Both guys, I thought, reminded me of Alex Smith coming out. Now, Alex Smith, even though he was a lot of checkdowns, he found a way to just with his accuracy and efficiency. Yeah, he'd maybe he didn't have all those big plays, but didn't make mistakes, and he made layups. And I think both those guys throughout their career have just been unable uh, to play at that level that Alex Smith played, although they're similar type quarterbacks. Yeah, I think the layup thing is a great point. Uh, being able to just hit the layups, like Marcus Mariota is reluctant to even take the layups. I mean, he's he's like he's like Ben Simmons. I mean, he just won't he won't pull the trigger. Like at some point, you want to see him pull the trigger, and he just won't let it go. And it's hard to run an offense when your quarterback is really playing not to lose, as opposed to playing really trying to win. No, it's very very true here. You want me to keep this train rolling here? Here we go. Let's do it. Uh, this one is uh, I feel I feel like I have this takeaway every week, yeah. which I'm sure Rhett's going to remind me of. But uh, <laughs> the 49ers defense, pretty darn dominant. First and ten, Rams. Quick toss, a fumble. Henderson fumbled the ball on the first snap, and the 49ers have Armstead. got the ball. Eric Armstead recovers on the Ram 17-yard line. I'll allow it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, this is this is something. When you go watch that tape, the first drive they gave up some rush yards. Um, it was fascinating to see kind of what the what the uh, Rams were doing in their run game. They had a lot of a lot of plays where they had the tight end uh, coming across the formation and really trying to just kick out the end, which was Bosa, and he was cutting him, um, which you know Bosa was kind of wasn't ready for initially. And they kind of made their adjustments. And then after that, I mean, you talk about like teaching tape of setting the edge you talk about pushing the pocket collapsing the pocket yeah. physical dominance and buck this was a this is a rams offense and i i give their their uh, uh receivers and tight ends a lot of credit they ask them to do a lot of dirty work a lot of bunch formations and they're asked to crack and block and chip on these on these ends and they got annihilated uh after that first drive they could not do anything with those guys and uh you know and i just you know golf Goff got battered early, and mm -hmm. then when some things did open up later in the game, it was like getting body blows. You saw it affect his accuracy uh, down the stretch. It, it absolutely affected the accuracy. Um, the Rams' offensive line is really struggling. They have not been the same. Obviously, they lost two pieces in the offseason. Uh, Roger Saffold, then their, their center they didn't bring back, and they tried to put something new around Jared Goff, and it hasn't worked. But really, this is one where I really like to focus it, it, it exclusively on the San Francisco 49ers and what they were able to do. Uh, what are we looking at? What, five former first-rounders along that front? Um, 
with Bosa in D Ford and Armstead. Solomon, uh, Solomon Thomas is playing. Solomon ball now. Thomas showing up. Uh, the Forrest Buckner, they dominated the game. And so if you you think about the way they really built this house and coming back, the foundation is rock solid. They can win because their pass rush, their front line can control the game at the line of scrimmage. They can get after the passer when they need to, and they make life easy for the corners in the back end. John Lynch understood that you needed to be uh, terrific along the front, and he has made sure that they have added enough pieces to have a dominant front line. And this is really why you're seeing them win. Yes, the running game has been terrific, but defensively, they're controlling it in the trenches, and that's the best way to build it from front to back. Let your D-line kind of be the, the, the table setter for the rest of your squad. Look, and those guys have an absolutely immense amount of talent um, up front, for sure, with those uh, with those defensive linemen. But I'll also give a little shout-out to their uh, their first-year defensive line coach there in San Francisco, Chris Kasurik, comes in and has got a history of getting the most yep. out of players. He's a good coach. Right? Yep. Really good coach, and I think we're starting to see that. If Even if you just look at Solomon Thomas and Eric Armstead, right? Yes. Two of the, two of the kind of poster child for the, you know, we, we expect a lot out of those guys, just hadn't seen Playing it as well. Much and they're really playing their best football right now, uh, so that's fun. Guys, to watch. can I give you a little Sunday school? Yeah, a little Sunday school song here, real quick about the 49ers. Yeah, I remember going to Sunday school as uh-huh. a little kid. They used to sing this song called "A Wise Man Builds His House Upon the Rock," <laughs> and that is that's what the 49ers have done. So many of these foundations are built on sand. Is that how you got used all to these sound, shiny used toys? To sound like that in Sunday school. Uh, well, used to, the, used to oh, sound yeah. like that. Oh yeah, Don't the voice wasn't that? as more, deep. And, and, and the rains came bright. down, yeah. and the floods <laughs> came up. <laughs> There's rains. I can do the whole song, but I'm I'm just telling you, the, the, they've built the team. And John Lynch, they just haven't been healthy, but they've built the team the right foundation. way. They have a foundation, and you can look at teams like the Cleveland Browns and some of these other teams we talk about. Yeah. All these flashy toys and shiny things. There's no foundation. The yeah. Offensive line, defensive line aren't great, and I think that's that's tip your cap there to John Lynch and uh, and Shanahan. The job they've done to build this team really up front how many times have you seen a game where you hold a team defensively you hold a team to zero third down conversions and zero fourth Crazy. down conversions the rams were over on third down over nine and over on fourth down um, I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> I, mean I think the 49ers on third down the week before they were incredible. Yeah. So against the Browns. It's impressive, man. Very, very very impressive I'm really impressed with the 49ers man uh, staking their claim in the NFC West all right, Buck, ahead, you got, Buck you're up got. next, man. Oh, here we go. The Panthers keep finding ways to win. It's second down and 12 for the Panthers. The ball inside the 15-yard line. A pass to the right side of the end zone is caught. Samuel caught it just inside the end zone to the right in front of the defender. And the Panthers are out on top 33-10 to 10 with 14.55 to play here in the fourth quarter. It is a coming-out party for Samuel. Yeah, you talk about coming out party for Samuel. How he about would, the? I mean, he was terrific. Yeah. He was everything that we saw him be at, at Ohio, Ohio State. State. But yeah. I think this continues to go back to the quarterback and Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen is undefeated. As How many interceptions does he have so far? Zero. Oh, that's right. Zero. The only thing Zero. that he's done, he's had fumbles on the ground. But when you look at this offense under him, in three of the last four games, they've scored 30-plus points. I mean, they're averaging 31.3 points a game in the last four games with Kyle Allen as the starting quarterback. With Cam, they were only averaging 20.5 points per game. And so this brings up an interesting dilemma that Ron Rivera will have to deal with when Cam is healthy. Do you go with the hot hand or do you go with the guy who is your established franchise quarterback? And I think there are two ways to look at it. You play the hot hand in Kyle Allen because the offense is flowing. Or when you go back with Cam Newton, Cam Newton has to play different. Cam Newton can't right. be the focal point of the offense. The offense has to run through Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton has to be the complement. And I don't want the new revamped version of Cam that was trying to be a pocket passer. No, nah, if Cam Newton comes back, we're going to go and do the old Cam Newton thing where you're going to run around because we're not looking for you to be a long-term option anyway. So now let's just squeeze all the juice out of the orange and then discard the pulp when it's done at the end of his contract. Panthers. The crazy thing, too, is you just look at this financially, Rhett. I mean, if you've got I was a look at. Yep. to move on from Cam, I mean, now all of a sudden you're going to get a couple years of cost control at the quarterback position. <laughs> you can spend your money elsewhere. Um, that's going to be a fascinating decision. You know, it's going to really is. He just all he's doing is operating the offense. There's no right. magic he's, formula to it. He's, he's missing he's, some throws. He's making some throws, but he's not. He's not. He's just just operate he's, the offense. That's it. He's Norv Turner's joystick. 
Yeah. And there's comfort in, hey, yep. I'm just going to play the game. It's Atari. We're just going to play the game. You do exactly what I want you to do, and we'll win games. And that's what they're doing. And I think North Turner has learned how to call a different game with uh, Cal Allen under center as opposed to Cam Newton. They're a little more dialed in conservative, but it is very number 22 centric in Christian McCaffrey. So since week nine yeah, last season, go ahead, Rep. Go ahead, Rep. since week nine, DJ, last season, the Panthers are 5-0. and when Kyle Allen starts, <laughs> they're zero and nine with any other starting quarterback. Mm, that's a problem. Well, and the other thing, and and to to kind of wrap this all up here on the Carolina Panthers, yeah. the, the, what I what I mean by just operating the offense, when you watch them on tape, the ball is is thrown where to who it's supposed to be thrown to. Yes. So now now he misses some throws, like he might have one hit the dirt, might have one sail, but it's going in the right direction. Uh, he's not trying to force things. He's reading things correctly. The ball's going where it needs to go. It just, you know, he's not, he's not, there's a reason why he wasn't a, you know, first round pick or wouldn't have an illustrious sure. college career. He's going to miss a couple throws here and there. But I think that they're encouraged by the fact that, look, he's, he's putting the ball where it's supposed to go. And, and, uh, and that's what they want to see. All right. I guess I'll take us to our ninth takeaway. And that was Kyler. Sure about that? I think so. I'm a, I'm a little hesitant. Now, Kyler's Cardinals, the latest to expose Atlanta. Chase Edmonds in the game. Murray and shotgun, third and goal on the two. Three receivers set, one tight end to the left. Snap to Murray, back to throw. Dumps it off to the left side. Edmonds caught at the five. Dice for the end zone. He's in. Touchdown, Arizona. Look, it's... Uh, it, I feel like we're beating a dead horse here. You know, it's just broken record talking about this Atlanta defense giving up all these points. And let's give some credit to the Cardinals. You know, they came out there, and I think their offense is starting to find a little bit of a rhythm here these last couple of weeks. Now two straight wins after they beat the Bengals last week. They get the best of the, of the Falcons in. Yeah, they benefited from Matt Bryant missing an extra point after the Cardinal or the Falcons had looked to uh, mm-hmm. come back and tie the game late. But, Man, the the explosive plays, the deep shots that the the Falcons keep giving up, and but the is one thing. The biggest thing, and we talked about this in our aftermath production meeting today, is they cannot yeah. pressure the quarterback. Zero Nothing. sacks in three games, and when you have two first round picks as your edge rushers, that's a real problem. Oh, it's a real problem. Also, when the head coach is the defensive coordinator, that's a yeah. when Dan Quinn decided to take the play sheet, he put all the pressure on himself. He put the he put the big sombrero on his head. And look, man, I, it, it's one of those things where I don't know if he can fix it because this is a year and a half we're talking about. Look, he he, he started calling the defense last year, kind of taking it over, doing some things, and it hasn't popped. It hasn't worked. The pass rushes aren't getting home. They can't cover. And this old Pete Carroll defense that people are running. The National Football League is catching up to the three deep zone. They're catching up to the spot drops and all that other stuff. You have to have more things in your arsenal, in your repertoire. If not, you can continue to get picked apart. And we're seeing, not only in Atlanta, but with some of these other teams, people are catching up to that three deep scheme, and they're really exploiting the voids in the coverage. Think about this, guys. They were going up against the Houston Texans team the week before. Not only give up 53 points, right? You give up 53 points. You mentioned the no sacks, and this is a Houston Texans team coming into that game. Man, that's the, the whole narrative, right? Even you know some of the changes they made on the offensive line. Deshaun yeah. Watson's getting hit too much. They, they they didn't sack him. They only hit him one time. Mm. Yes. One time. Which after you go back and look at this last game against Arizona, by the way, an Arizona Cardinals team, Kyler Murray taking a bunch of sacks yeah, this year, getting ten in one often. game. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. They didn't sack him. You know how many times they hit Kyler Murray? Zero. That's a zero. <laughs> zero. They've hit the quarterback once in the last two weeks, and that is not the the Hogs or the Dallas Cowboys offensive right. line of the 90s that they've been going up against the last two weeks. One quarterback hit in two games. I don't understand. How is that it. possible? I mean, Vic Beasley, yeah, he led the league in sacks a couple of years well, ago. They're not, getting, they're, not, they're not able to get the game on their terms. So right. when you can't stop the runner, you're not stopping the runner at a prolific rate, you can't get into second and third and obvious passing down situations. And so until they're able to control the game and one aspect, meaning stop to run early so they can force teams to throw against your coverage, they have a tough time. And the way that they're built with all these little, skinny, slender guys, teams always have the option to just kind of pound them and run them off the field yeah. by running the rock. And so I'm curious to see what uh, Dan Quinn is able to do in the middle of the season in terms of trying to orchestrate a change, because right now it definitely isn't working. Yikes. I mean, it's it's bad bad and the, the crazy thing is you know what's lost in the shuffle you look at matt ryan's numbers in this game 
Decent numbers. Well, that's 30 only for 36, yeah. 356, four touchdowns, no picks. He's still winning your ball games if he's your fantasy quarterback. He's still getting you. He's still getting oh, for sure. Ups. Yeah. Yeah. But just just not real wins. Yikes. Oh, man, that was that was rough. Well, speaking of rough, um, look, the game of football, we can make it as complicated as you want to make it. At the end of the day, on offense, a big part of it's blocking, and on defense, a big part of it's tackling. And speaking of tackling, the Chargers, one of the worst displays of tackling I've seen in quite some time. Hodges back to pass, and has Connor another missed tackle, and that's going to go for a touchdown. You've never seen anything like it. Shatavis Brown just flat missed him. He, he had him wrapped up and then somehow just fell off of him. And he's coming off holding that arm close to his chest. And I wonder if he broke his arm or something, DJ. There's no other explanation for <laughs> he it. He should have been tackled at the 26-yard line, well short of the first down marker. And it's a field goal opportunity. But I've never seen worse tackling from a team than what we've seen from the Chargers in the first half of this ballgame. I'm at a loss for words. Yikes. Nice. It was bad, guys. Hot it, take. It was bad. And and it looked, Buck, there was nothing hot about it. It was a hot <laughs> mess. Yeah. Uh, the tackling was awful. And it was that was a third down. And there were several third downs where they've got somebody stopped short of the sticks. And you think about this uh, Steelers running back combination, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at James Conner. Um, and you look at Benny Snell. We're not that ain't a track team now. Uh, they're not going to run away from you. What they are, they are physical, tough runners. So you better find a way to hold them up. If you can't get them on the ground, you better hold them up so a buddy can come help you. Mm-hmm. But they could not tackle in this game, and it was you know turnovers and tackling. That was a story of that game for the Chargers. I mean, the story of every game down the stretch. I think the more we look at football, it comes down to the simple things. It comes down to turnovers. It comes down to being able to, like, finish your blocks, being able to limit big plays, and then finding a way to to, to win and dominate the fourth quarter. And so when I look at this Chargers team, man, they just can't get on track. They can't get the running game going. Mel Gordon, eight carries, 18 yards, nothing. three catches, 30, like nothing. And How's it get worse when Melvin comes back. Why yeah, is it it's, it's much worse. Line. Austin Eckler yeah. was leading the league. Right. He was leading the league in yards from scrimmage before he came back. There's no rhythm. It, 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 everybody talks about quarterbacks being in a rhythm. A run game is about rhythm, too. So when you have a running back that all of a sudden just plopped down in the middle of everything, who hasn't had a training camp preseason, anything other than that, he, he's not in sync with the offensive line. Obviously, they're missing two Pro Bowl players along the front. I mean, that, that's a big deal. No Pouncey and no Russell Kuhn. But Austin Eckler was rolling. He was rolling early in the season. I think he was able to really find a rhythm and a groove, and they just don't have any of that right now. Mm. Yes, I mean, it's just a, I mean, a really tough deal. And I don't know. I mean, I think anytime you have Phillip Rivers throwing the ball 44 times, that's too much. At his age, they need to be a little more balanced. And I think with Phillip, like, Phillip doesn't he doesn't have a governor. He doesn't have something where he can rein himself back in when it gets way where he gets out of control. He just kind of is always trying to go for it, trying to bring his team back. But they need... Uh, obviously better balance. You can't do it if Melvin Gordon only has 18 uh, yards, but they have to find a way to do it. But then on the flip side for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think the Steelers have found their formula for how they need to win games going forward. Look, Hodges is just a stopgap guy. He's a guy we get in third long situations. Maybe we have to throw it. But it's about the running game, James Conner, and anybody else that's in that backfield. They have to run it enough to be able to control the game. If they're able to make it a physical affair, then I always think St. Peter, like I always think that they're going to be able to come out on their own. Buck, you know how many total yards the Pittsburgh Steelers had in that game? 256. Is that a lot? That's not a lot. 256. That's not a lot. You get a defensive touchdown. You got short fields because of turnovers. Yeah. And then they just were efficient and played keep away. They ran the ball effectively. But it was one of those deals where when you're there watching it live, I, you left the stadium thinking the Pittsburgh Steelers ran for 300 yards. I mean, right. they ran for 124. <laughs> right. They were efficient. Well, and Connor didn't even really play carry. Much. It yeah. just felt so, much, felt so much worse than that. But what happened is the Chargers, 14 nothing, boom. 14 nothing right out the gate. And uh, and after that it was uh you know the Chargers are you know they're right there throughout the whole game but you can't you can't get behind like that. I don't care if they're playing with their ninth hard. string quarterback. It's just too hard. Hard to, hard hard to come back. Hard to come back against a team that knows that you have to throw you have to abandon some of your versatility, some of your uh dynamic playmaking potential because you have to just become a one-dimensional squad. And now what for the Chargers right. you get two games on the road. At Tennessee, by the games. way, just wanted to mention uh, Titan, Ryan Tannehill, maybe Ryan Tannehill and the Titan. Uh, it's not going to happen. You won't see him next week, but the Titans are Jeffrey Simmons is going to start practicing this week. 
which is which is interesting. He won't oh, be that's able. Cool. Yeah, he's not eligible to play obviously yet, but that's you know that's interesting. That's pretty great. Uh, that's terrific. And uh, Nikhil he's Harry, a, he's also going to start a great practicing. Player. Yeah, it's a couple first round picks we Love might uh, yeah, there you go. see there. So, cool. You know, when you have nuggets, when you bring nuggets like that to the table, Buck, it, it means that. Uh, you know, we should that? probably honor you. We should probably yep. honor you when you have nuggets like yes. that. Uh, and speaking of honoring Rhett Lewis, <laughs> Indiana Rutgers, I know I'm sure you were, had that one dialed in, as did the rest of the nation this past weekend. Big right. win for the Hoosiers, 35 nothing. Your honorary captain, though, for the Indiana Hoosiers. There he is. I think we got a picture. Do we have a picture here? Rhett Lewis? Oh, yeah. Look Whoa, at him walking look at out that. with the captains. Who's out there with you, Red? Who are the other two guys? That's Terry Talon, uh, who just uh, donated a, a ton of money to help us uh, create a brand new locker room for the guys. Terry Talon, Indiana Football Complex. Cody Latimer out there, by the way. Oh, that's what it former is. Former Giant. Nice. That's your oh, guy. He's a Brian, former, former Bronco. Yeah, that's my guy. And then uh, Don Krofcheck, uh, another great uh, IU legend right there. Look at him. Look at him. Love it. That's fantastic. I got to ask you a question about this, okay. though. Buck, Buck, you can see these pictures as well as yes. I, can. Yeah, I can. Are there more people out for captains or in the stands? It's close. I, I, I I, man, I thought, it, I thought it was really, really early because like, right, behind, right behind early. there, like in the end zone, there was nobody. Was <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people came dressed. Was it aluminum, aluminum bleacher night? No. Where everyone little... comes dressed as the aluminum hey. bleachers? Hey. I just wonder if everyone. Early is, kick. Is that, early kick. Everyone? And, oh. you know, everyone just wanted to get their last little bit of tailgating. Really? We packed the house Look, I know once, once the ball got yeah. kicked. All you right? know, 97% of Tar Heels get there by kickoff. So hopefully y'all can implement a little policy to yeah. kind of get everybody. That's, that's what we're doing. Get everybody here. And uh, we. I mean, I like, you look good. You look good. I, I don't know if anybody that. else you, saw you, but. <laughs> Thank you. You look good. You look good on the night. You look good. Got to win. Got to win. Got to go watch the video. Way to go. Shut them out. Shut out Rutgers. 35 nothing. Big win. All <laughs> Thanks, right, everybody. Guys. Football's cool. back. Watch live, local, primetime NFL games. Yeah, yeah, for free all season long with the Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet. Plus, get all your latest breaking news, highlights, and more. Download the NFL app or the Yahoo Sports app in your app store or at NFL.com slash mobile today. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Uh, that is really cool, though, Rhett. Thank uh, you, man. Yeah, that's nice cool. That, uh, no, it was fun. To do that. Great was, opportunity for fun. you. Now, does that Very mean cool. they, they put your name up? Anything else, anything you, else you want to add? put your name up in the ring of honor? No, no. The name's not. You know what? Um, it's, it's more of a uh, the ceremony ceremony type oh okay type but that's yeah, cool. yeah. I, I thought maybe he's in the ring of honor you know <laughs> well let's uh one day one day wait one step at a time maybe one day in the broadcasting ring yeah. we'll see let's go they give you the golden mic <laughs> you know what you, buck i don't know this for a fact but let me tell you how this went down this oh, went boy. down with uh Rhett talking to the to the coach out there uh-huh. saying, hey how's it going you know uh seeing how the team's doing no, this year don't. And the coach like yeah you know some sometime we got to get you out here man make you an honorary captain or something like that and Rhett's like all right i'm available let me send you some dates he's like <laughs> i'm here he, he thought i was serious. yeah i'm here oh, uh, i'm here okay uh, i'm here well I'm here. how about uh gosh Thinks to self, thinks to self, who's the worst team we play? Nobody will notice. Yeah, you uh, You know, we'd, we'd love to have you out for the Rutgers game, right? If you could come out for the yeah. Rutgers game, we'd love to have you. Surely he won't say don't yes to you that. Don't, don't disrespect Sean O'Hara. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, oh yeah, there. I will be there. <laughs> I will be there. Well, you know what? Oh, okay. I'd just like to say I inspired our defense to uh, to hold the Rutgers passing game to one single singular yard. I like oh. that. I like that. Now, was that a new jacket they gave you? Or did, oh. did the equipment guys slide you the jacket, or did you have that on your own? Come on, no. We can't. Oh, look at Red. Yeah. Look at Red working. Oh, my man, Mitch Edmondson takes care of me. How about that? Always. Basketball you, season's coming. I don't hear you. I don't hear you guys talking about IU basketball. It's coming. Yeah, just wait. I know. We're good. I'm, 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 I mean, you know, we've already had like midnight uh, practices. It's, we did. Like we already it's, it's had. All, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a line. We had a three mile an hour line. Normally, normally, line. yeah. Normally on the podcast, I, I get all this IU stuff really, really early. I haven't heard, haven't heard a lot of stuff yeah, about we're, it. We're being patient. Just wait. Walk softly, just carry a wait. big stick. <laughs> oh, that, what, is that a new philosophy? Um, like, what, what is that? Uh, no, 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 hold on. F- our football team's four. We're four and two right now. Okay, uh, yeah. we, got, we got a long way to go. Okay. You know, I'll see you at the Gator Bowl. Okay. Oh, come All on! Right? You got to be earlier. In Outback December. Bowl. Early in come December, on. maybe the seventeen or eighteen. No, 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 no. You'd be, you'd be home for the holidays. No, no, no. We're playing right, thirteen out of here. <laughs> I, don't have time. I, I don't have time to talk football with guys that don't have a, a <laughs> top twenty-five <laughs> ranking. One, hey, so congratulations! I, I, I don't have time for this. Uh, Appalachian uh, State, right there. There it is. There we go. All right. All right. Thank you guys Adios. for listening to, to this nonsense at the end of this episode. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and Rhett Lewis. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcast.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 